With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Jesus Christ. 
I'm Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, worldwide, Kenston, North Carolina, USA, and I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. He's worthy, God is. God bless you, children of God. We greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our soon-coming King, our strength, our Redeemer, very present help in times of trouble. We thank God for the privilege to once again worship Him in spirit and in truth. Whether you understand it or not, it is a privilege to be able to worship the true and living God just to let him to know that we appreciate all that he has done, is doing, and is going to do for us. We thank you tonight, Father. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are about to conclude our most recent topic entitled, How You Treat the Kingdom is Eventually How You Will Be Treated. Keep in mind that that what you do 
to the kingdom, through the kingdom, for the kingdom, around the kingdom, about the kingdom. All of those are seeds that must come up. We looked at capital A in our outline, seek the kingdom first. Matthew 6, 33, Galatians 1, 13. Capital B, remember it can be taken, Matthew 21, 43. Mark 10, 15, capital C, treat the kingdom like it cannot be shaken. Hebrews 12, 28, Psalm 125 and 1. D, you belong to something that's bigger than you. Kingdom is bigger than you and I. Romans 8 and 9, uh, John 8 and 47, and it brings us on down to capital E. The kingdom is in you. We looked earlier today at Luke 17, verses 21, verses 20 and 21. And we're going to look briefly tonight at Romans 14 and 17. Romans 14 and verse 17. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Once again, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Capital E in our outline, remember that the kingdom is in you. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, again, we thank you tonight, Father, for being who you are and doing what you do. We appreciate you, Father, for your grace, your mercy, your love, your long-suffering towards us for not dealing with us as our sins deserve, but being merciful as we are uh, becoming all that you would have us to be. Forgive us again, Father, of our sins and iniquities which we've committed in thought, word, or deed, and we ask that you lead and guide us tonight in your word, that your name will be glorified, honored, and praised. These and all other blessings. We count done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, amen and amen. The kingdom is in you. Now, when you look at Romans chapter 14, in the New International Version, on the tail end of Romans chapter 13, which is one of my favorite chapters, talks about submission to the authorities because you need to understand child of God, that your relationship with God is proven or disproven in your treatment of those that have been placed in authority over you. Your relationship with God is proven or disproven by your uh, relationship with those who have been placed in authority over you. A, a central theme of the gospel, a central theme of Christianity is submission to authority. You know, Jesus had his own disciples right there with him when he ran into the centurion that had a sick servant. Jesus was like, I'll go to your house and heal him. The centurion was like, you know, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but I'm a man under authority. You know, I understand how authority works. I got people under me. I tell this one, come, he come. I tell this one, go, he go. There are those over me. Tell me, come, I come. Tell me, go, I go. said, but if you would just say the word, just say the word. There are those of you under the sound of my voice, and that's including me too, because I'm under the sound of my voice. Your life has been changed because he said the word. Your marriage has been changed because he said the word. 
your sons and your daughters have been changed because he said the word. See, if something is not just like it's supposed to be in our life, then, then what has happened is we still haven't got the word from God yet on that. Because once he says the word, things change. So this is why what we want to do is we want to get a revelation. We want to get insight. We want to get as much word, much of his word as possible, because the more of his word we get in operation in our life, the more things will be fixed in our life. The more things will fall into place in our life because God's word fixes things. God's word, what? Fixes things. God's word will fix you. God's word will take you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. God's word will fix your marriage. God's word will fix your family. God's word will fix your church, your business, your nation. The reason why America is going through all kind of ups and downs and bumps and bruises and, and hooks and snooks is because you've got a lot of individuals that don't want his word. But God says, Robert, tell my people that America is not, the, the, the problems in America are not beyond the fixing of my word. God's word can fix whatever it is. God's word could fix Satan if he chose to. God's word could pull everybody up out of hell if he chose to. But he's not. So, 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 you know, we need to understand that there's something that God is not going to do. Not going to do. All right. But Romans chapter 13 deals with submission to authority. Very important aspect of your walk with God and your, your, your Christianity. You know, because if you can't listen to those that God has placed over you in earthly realms, you won't be listening to God who, who in, in spiritual realms. You won't do it. You know, your relationship with God is proven or disproven by your relationship with those that God has placed over you. Now, that brings us on down to Romans chapter 14, which deals with the only two types of Christians that are out there. The weak and strong. Most anything in creation falls under those two categories. Been watching a lot of football around here today. Well, you got basically two types of teams in the NFL. You got your weak teams. You got your strong teams. Well, workers on the job. You ought to know it. You go to that job every day. You know who the weak workers, you should know who the weak workers are and know who the strong ones are. As a school teacher, I knew who the, I knew who the weak teachers were. All you had to do was walk past the classroom. Children in there keeping all kind of noise, running all around. They spend half the time trying to get the children under control, other half time trying to keep from getting hit in the back of the head by a spitball. I knew who the weak teachers were, but then I also knew who the strong ones were. And it didn't have anything to do with stature, didn't have anything to do with height or size, but rather it had to do with the respect that was commanded by the teacher, by the one that was in authority. I've seen little bitty, short, short teachers out there whose students didn't hardly move without the 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 uh the, the, the approval of that teacher why because they maintain control they maintain order in their classroom and one thing that that you know my grandfather used to share with me as a young christian he said look son if you in charge be in charge if you in charge whatever it is if you've been put in charge then be in charge the problems that we are faced with in humanity are a result of Adam being put in charge, but then not wanting to act like he was in charge. He was in charge in the garden. He was the one. And when God came back, he came back calling for Adam. He didn't come back calling for the woman. Woman for what? Talk to the woman about what? I know who I left in charge. Talk to, talk to the serpent about what? Adam, where are you? God said, I know who I put in charge. So understand 
that that which you you going you and I are going to be judged in accordance with that which God has put us in charge of. Now you need to understand God has put you in charge of that mortal body that you living in. Will God put you in charge of it? As a pastor, God put you in charge of the congregation. What you mean, vote vote me out? How exactly? Vote me out of what? Now, God can take me out or God can take you out. But uh, uh, congregations voting pastors out, out is as ridiculous to me as children trying to vote parents out. Children didn't select who their parents would be. That was God's doing. He get, he decided to give you to them parents, whatever their faults may be, whatever their flaws may be, whatever their ups may be. And so it is with pastors for congregation. That's supposed to be God's doing. God won't put that pastor in charge. We've got churches that have come in, joined up, and, and submitted to this ministry in different parts of the world, Nigeria, Ghana. We've got pastors in India, South Africa that have come in and joined. It. It, nobody can contact me talking about uh, uh, Apostle Brian. They they trying to vote me out of here. No, 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 no. No, no voting out. There's no voting out. There's no there's no you 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 can't uh in marriage you can't vote as to not not in God's program. Now you, you know, you all be doing all kind of stuff. You can do that. But in God's program you don't vote as to who the head is. God has already said man is the head of woman. As God, God is the head of Christ, as Christ is the head of every man, as man is the head of woman. You didn't know there's no vote. There's no vote as to whether or not parents are over children. No, that's how God laid it down. There's no vote as to whether pastors are over congregation. That's how God laid it down. There's no vote as to whether or not we're going to obey the police if they haven't told us to sin. That's how that, that, then that's God talking. If the police haven't told us to sin, what they tell us to me is just like God talking. Weak and strong. Weak and strong. You had some instances in the early church in the Romans. Now, we want to deal a little bit with Romans. The book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul. Most scholars agree it was written by the Apostle Paul. And it deals primarily with the gospel of justification through salvation. That when you are saved, you have been what? Justified. It's written somewhere around late 55 or 56. And what you had going on at the time is you had Jews who were converted to Christianity in Rome. And you had heathen, people that were worshiping all kind of false gods, that were converted into Christianity. And these two groups from very, very different backgrounds were now being called on to mix in worship in the church. Now, many of the Jews that, that were coming out of Judaism and had come into Christianity, they still had a lot of prejudices because for years, you know, Jews weren't to associate with Gentiles. So now all of a sudden you're saying it's all right to associate with Gentiles. A lot of them Jews was having problems with that. And Paul had to come in and basically let them know that it is only through faith that one is justified. All that stuff in the past, that stuff is gone. Let that stuff go. You know, and that's that's one of that's one of the things that needs to happen right here in the United States. We got our white brothers and sisters coming from one background, one set of ideas, one way of looking at things. We got our black brothers and sisters coming from one background, one set of ideas, one way of looking at things. We got our Mexican brothers and sisters coming from one background, one and 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 now you know a lot of the racial tensions and the racial problems is a result 
of a lot of the backgrounds and stuff that, that we heard about one another and, and had believed about one another and had been told about one another. When the reality is, the thing is, God made every nation of the earth from one man. All of us related. I've yet to see a human being that get cut and do anything other than bleed red. No matter what color our skin is, no matter what our gender is, no matter what, where we're from, I ain't seen nobody get cut yet and bleed, uh, bleed white, white folk blood. I ain't seen nobody get cut yet and bleed black folk blood, blood, bleed uh, Mexican blood. We get cut, we bleed blood. That lets you know we are, we are related. We are related. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, not only are we related in the, at best, at best, all of us is distant cousins. Cousins. At best, we're cousins. We come from one man. Somewhere down the line, my white brothers and sisters, me and you got the same ancestors. Somewhere down the line, my Mexican brothers and sisters, somewhere down our ancestry, me and you got the same ancestors. Somewhere, you go back far enough. So you say, Apostle, what is all this to say? That, that prejudice, bigotry, racism, stupid. That stuff is stupid. That stuff is for an unenlightened mind. That stuff is, that stuff is for minds that are, that are still darkened by Satan. Bible says, no, no man by the flesh. So you still trying to know me by the flesh. You look at me, you don't size me up because I'm black, or I don't look at you and size you up because you're white, or we don't look at you and size you up because you're, you, uh, 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 uh. You're still looking at the flesh. No, no man by the flesh, but by the spirit. Let's get ready to close this message. So, they were weak and there were strong Christians. And some of the strong Christians were looking down at some of the weak Christians because of, you know, they didn't want they doing certain things. And some of the weak Christians were looking. Hey, understand that even in the body of Christ, that, that, that the adversary is working to try and divide us. There's one Lord. There's one faith, there's one baptism. If we keep that in mind, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Adversary had jumped into some of the, the, the believers, had the weak, you know, looking funny at the strong Christians, and had the strong Christians looking at the, the weak Christians funny, and, and oh, man, you know. But then Paul come back in and said, look, Look at verse 12. The Lord just brought my eyes to that. Each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Listen, I'm not going to give an account for you. God not going to ask me nothing about you on judgment. You know, you go back, you go back to Genesis and God not going to ask you anything about me. You go back to Genesis because that was a form of judgment when God came back in the, in the garden and, and, and dealt with man, woman, and serpent, the serpent for what they had done. God didn't ask the man anything about the woman. You won't see it in Scripture. God didn't ask, even though the man, you know, brought the woman up, God didn't ask him anything about the woman. God didn't ask him anything about the man. God didn't ask the serpent anything about man and woman. He didn't ask, He dealt with everyone on a what? Individual basis. So we're going to give an account of ourselves to God. You're not going to be able to try to put in no good word for your wife or for your husband, for your children. Uh-uh, uh-uh. It's going to be you and God. You and God. And my prayer for you is that Jesus will be your lawyer. Jesus will be your, your defense attorney, your advocate, somebody that will speak up on your behalf. See. So so then so with this being said, look at verse thirteen. 
Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put a stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. Now, what is it here? Here is Jesus again dealing with hypocritical and self-righteous judgment. The word says what it says. All right. Now, that is to be our yardstick. That is to be our our And that goes for all of us. Black, white, rich, poor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, gift of help. The word is our, our measuring stick. That's the standard. See, if we if you don't have a standard, then, you know, I might be six foot five in the United States. But if, if they're using a different yardstick or a different uh, uh, their yardstick is different from ours in China, I might be five foot six. But the beautiful thing about the word of God is that it is our standard, whether in the U.S., whether in China, whether in Africa, whether in Australia, whether in South America. The word of God is our standard. So whether or not you a liar in the United States or you a liar in Africa, that's what the word says. If you're doing a bunch of lying, then the word calls you a liar. It ain't got nothing to do with us judging. Now remember, because it, it will sound like a contradiction to you if you don't get this in context. Because the Bible tells us in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that the spiritual man makes judgments about all things. But he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. Well, why? Because the spiritual man uses the word. See, if we're using anything other than the word, God is telling us, stop doing that right there. But when you use the word, God's saying, look, it's not you judging, Robert. It's my word. So let us not be judging one another. Let's let the word do its job. Now, pause it. Look, because there was an issue on food, and you know what food was clean and what. Paul said, "As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in and of itself. No food. I'm, I'm like that too. A lot of places I go, I be telling people some of the food I done ate in different countries. People turn their nose up. How, how could you eat that? How could that? Because I'm convinced that no food." is unclean in and of itself. Now, I'm just because, Paul said, look, just because I'm convinced of that, that doesn't mean that you are convinced. I'm convinced that we need to be worshiping God every day. You might not be convinced of that. I'm convinced that as Christians, we're supposed to be sharing everything like the early saints. You might not be convinced of that. Paul said, I'm convinced. Paul said, look, my relationship with God, I know it's going to be a little different from others because my conversion was a little different. From others. Paul says, I'm convinced that no food is unclean in and of itself, but if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him it is unclean. You might not want to eat none of the snake with me in China if we happen to go to China together. Well, I, you know, that's your choice. Or you might not want to eat none of the, the, the rat with me when we go to Uganda. Well, that's your choice. Well, you might not want to eat none of the goat head with me when we go to Nigeria or the goat ears and the goat eyeballs and that well that's your choice but i'm compulsive look i'm convinced that no food in and of itself is unclean now i might not like the taste of something but as far as 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 uh i'll get let me try let me try let me see if your brother is distressed because of what you eat now if we go to china and they they bring out a snake i'll eat some snake right now oh pastor how you gonna eat snake because I'm convinced that no food is unclean in and of itself. I like snake beef. Tastes like a cross between chicken and fish to me. Very clean, white-looking meat. Very tasty to me. 
Now, if we go to China on a missionary trip and you are distressed because I'm eating snake, then guess what I'm going to do? Let me stop eating snake. If I'm distressed because of what I'm eating, then I'm no longer acting in love. I don't want my eating to destroy my brother for whom Christ died. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to understand? That my job is to help build you up in the faith, not turning faith, even though I feel free to do it. Now, you mess around and let me go down to the lobby when you, when you sleep, and I'll get me, a, get me a snake sandwich. But if you with me and it's distressing you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll forfeit that right. Look at what the Bible says. Do not allow what you consider to be good. To be spoken of as evil for the king. Watch this for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. God, so things we got to understand about the kingdom of God is it's bigger than any food. It's bigger than whether or not her dress is long enough for your taste. It's bigger than it's bigger than whether or not you think she got too much makeup on. It's bigger than whether or not you think that his his suit is is up to date enough. It's bigger than eating. It's bigger than drinking. It's bigger than clothes. It's bigger than whether or not you think he. It's bigger than that. The kingdom of God is not a matter. Eating and drinking is just symbolic. It's just symbolic of little little small stuff that sometimes we be tripping on as Christians. It's bigger than whether or not she got pants on or not. It's bigger than whether or not she 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 got something to cover her hair. It's bigger than that. Then Paul comes down down. He said, "Look now." It's a kingdom of righteousness and peace. The kingdom of God is about righteousness. Well, how do we know what is right and what is not right? What did God say to you? Because whereas God might tell me, boy, Robert, it's all right for you to eat that snake. Make sure that it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. God may be telling you, don't you eat none of that snake. But that's all right. We're not going to break fellowship behind eating snake. Bible says without passing judgment on disputable matters. I wish I could find that. I don't know whether, you know, I might have to go. uh, Disputable matters, disputable stuff that 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 that's disputable. It's not disputable. Adultery is not disputable. We have to do that, plain and simple. That's in the word. But disputable matter, whether or not to eat snake or not eat snake, that's disputable. Because that's not in the Bible. In the New Covenant, rather. You know, it was Old Testament, but we're not up under the law. Disputable matter, wearing pants or women wearing pants or not, that's disputable matters. It's not in the Bible that women can't wear pants. Because I know some of you all out there believe that real strong. The Bible talks about us not passing judgment on disputable matters. Stick with what the words say, and then what, what, whatever is not explicitly written in the word, then you've got to trust the Holy Spirit on that. That's, 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 that's still not the one. That's another one that talks about, uh, but it, it stops about not passing judgment on disputable matters. 
Not passing judgment. Somebody speak that on in your, in your phone. They'll bring it up. Just speak it right in your phone. Not passing judgment on disputable matter. So, children of God, you say, Apostle, what is all this to say? We want to do what we can to keep the fellowship together, not do what we can to break the fellowship apart. Think about your natural body. You're not doing all you can to, to separate the parts of your body. You're trying to cut your own arms off. You're trying to cut your own nose off. Are you trying to cut your own ears off? That's crazy. You and I are doing all we can to try to keep our physical body together. How much more should we be doing all we can to try to keep our spiritual, the spiritual body, which is the body of Christ, together? The kingdom is bigger. It is bigger. Now, righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. This is what the kingdom is about now, is righteousness, peace, Joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? You can please God. You can you can serve God in a pleasing way. You can or you can serve Christ in a pleasing way, and you can serve Christ in a displeasing way. Just like children. Children can do things that please their parents, children can do things that displease their parents. God is our Heavenly Father. There are certain things God likes. Y'all can talk all day, and you can do what you choose to do. Just like as a natural parent, there are certain things your children do that you like. Even though it may consume some of their time, even though they might rather be doing something else, seeing your children make good grades in school, unless you're crazy out there, it pleases you. Well, don't you know that child, be, there's other things that child might want to be doing, might want to be watching TV, might want to be playing video games, but that child has sacrificed what they may have wanted to do in order to make those good grades, and that pleases you. Well, so it is when it comes down to us worshiping. God liked to be worshipped. Now, we might like to watch TV. I got, a, I got a movie on pause right now that I like that movie, but God got to get his. God said, what I can do is I can fix it up, Robert, so there won't be no more movie watching, no more flat screening. Same thing God, we do with our children now. Let children don't be making good grades. All the little you know, games that you like playing and all the little TV you like watching, all that can be taken out. Well, so it is with God. So we want to make sure that we sacrifice what has to be sacrificed in order that God will be pleased. God brought million folk out of, out of Egypt in order that they might do what in the wilderness? Worship. God loves when we come together and worship to the place where he says that it is a good and pleasant thing for brethren to dwell together in you. Unity. God like for us to come together. When it gives us instructions about what to do when we come together. First Corinthians chapter fourteen. We're supposed to come together with a hymn, with a song, We're supposed to come together praising God with prayer, all kind that God like that. There are certain things that we like as human beings, certain things that God like. Certain things we like as parents, certain things that our children like. But children that please their parents sacrifice some of the things that they like in order to do some of the things their parents like. Children of God that please God sacrifice some of the things that they like in order to do some of the things or to try to do as many things as possible that God likes. We can serve Christ in a way that's not pleasing. We can serve Christ in a way that is pleasing. Well, all this to say, look at verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Peace and mutual edification. See? Mutual edification. That means you 
build me, I'm building you. You got something in you, child of God, that will help build me. And I know I got something in me that will help build you. The kingdom is within you. The kingdom of the, the kingdom of God in you is 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 configured to help build somebody up somewhere. God has placed the kingdom in you with the mindset, with the desire, with the hope that you will build somebody up. If you're not building anybody up, then 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 you you're not doing what God put you here for. Mutual edification. Mutual, mutual. You build me up, you strengthen me, you help me get higher, and I help you. I do, and oftentimes, and we're going to close on this, I oftentimes use a parable in many churches that I go into, especially in sub-Saharan Africa, you know. And what I do is I have um, two, two of the brothers in the church sit down, facing each other, but not touching at first. They're not touching each other. Their legs will be out straight, their arms will be out straight, but they won't be touching each other. They'll be sitting right on the floor. I have them down. I make sure everybody in the congregation can see. I say, you, can you everybody see? Yes, yes, daddy. We can see you. Can everybody see? Yes, yes. I said, now, what I want you all to do, pull yourselves up from that position. And they'll be sitting there on the ground. They're not touching each other with their hands out and their legs out straight, just trying to come up. And they, and it'd be like, you know, daddy, it's impossible. I said, it's impossible. I said, but watch this now. Just a little shift. Just a little shift. I said, now, y'all come on together. Put your feet together. Grab hands with each other. Now pull yourselves up and they stand up together and the congregation goes crazy. I said, look, children of God, you've got to understand we can do more together. There are things that we could never do by ourselves, but when God hook us up and put us together with the right one, we can do it. Bible talks about how one of us will chase a thousand, but two of us will chase 10,000 or put 10,000 to flight. Well, why do you think the adversary works so hard to keep us apart? Because he know that when we come together as children of God, that there's an exponential, exponential power of God that get released that he can't stand. God bless you, children of God. Heaven smile on each of you. Remember, it is now Sunday night. Now some of you are going to be late with your offering because the Bible says on the first day of the week, not the first day's night of the week, but nevertheless, let's get your offerings in and God will continue to bless each of you, we're going to pray uh, for Deacon Brad. Uh, his father's in the hospital, and we're going to pray right now in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ that God will heal him by his power and by his might. The Lord has told us in his word that it is sick among us that they should call for the elders of the church and that the prayer offered up in faith, anointing the sick person well, will make, anointing the sick person with oil will make the sick person well. We are claiming for healing in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, that we might hear testimonies in not many days hence of how God has fixed that heart, the same God who created that heart, the same God who formed that heart and configured that heart. We're trusting that God will fix that heart in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I'm looking for testimonies uh, that, 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 that God uh, will receive the glory, the honor, and the praise as he has done it again. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you, saints, and heaven smile on Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensternchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website, www.ourchurch.com. Backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444. Enter ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christians on Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.